WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome into the basement. It is Monday night. That can only mean one thing. 7 o'clock, this is the Spartan Sports Wrap right here on Impact 89 FM. Alongside Ray Mara, I'm your host, Dan Duggar. Unfortunately, no Brigitte Troyan. For those of you who are interested in my significant co-host, uh, she's in Florida enjoying the fun in the sun. But Mr. Mara's back. Ray, what's going on, brother? Not so much. Great weekend. Can't have a bad weekend when, you know, my nephew turned three. Michigan Michigan uh, lost and State came away with a victory. So nephew turn th- turn three. What'd you get him for the uh, the third birthday, Uncle Ray? Uh, well, I started breeding him early and I got him a State hoodie. Hey, you, hey you got to steer him in the right direction for, from a from a young age. Michigan State had a great weekend in football. Your your nephew's three and he was saying even Brian Hoyer played good at quarterback. So yes, yeah, he uh, we went to beat Dubs and we uh, definitely watched, caught the game. So had good, a few beers. Hey, hey, we're not endorsing the young ones. But Uncle Ray, one of the finest uncles I've seen around, getting him a, a Michigan State hoodie. Way to, way to start him up on the, in the right path. But you know, we're all a fan of little Nathan Mara in the house. You know, we got to show some love to the little fella, especially if he's sporting the green and white hoodie. If you want to get in the house with us tonight, here's our number: five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Our email address: inbox wide open all night. WDBM Sports at Gmail. Dot com. Uh, just to kick off the hour to update you, a little Detroit Tigers baseball. Uh, the stove has been hot all, all off season for the Tigers. Uh, Todd Jones resigned today in the Tigers. Another trade, Ray, can you discuss? Yeah, the Tigers acquired Jack Jones from the, from the Cubbies for uh, infielder slash utility guy uh, Omar Infante. Jones essentially brings you know, a left-handed bat to the Tigers lineup, which is much needed. So uh, I'm assuming he's going to split times with Marcus Thames. Um, you know, he's he's had multiple seasons where he's hit over twenty home runs. He kinda he had an off season last year, he only had five home runs and uh he only has one year left on his contract, so I'm assuming he's gonna be a short term guy and I think uh you know he'll make room for Cameron Maven in the two thousand nine season. Um when you look at Marcus Timms, is that a guy that you see hanging around the Tigers or do you see the Tigers trading Marcus Timms? Uh, I think I think he'll hang around because I mean he definitely brings power off the bench, so you, you definitely need that you know in your lineup against left-handed uh, pitchers. And Todd Jones is that just a no-brainer for the Tigers to re-sign the uh, closer? Well, yeah, after uh, after the injury to Joel Zumaya, I think that's a no-brainer because we kind of lack the depth in our uh, uh, rotation right now, or our, our relief rotation that is. Um, I've heard things the Tigers may go after Dontrell Willis. I, I've I've not heard that. I've at all. I've heard that the t- you know from my sources my <laughs> I can't disclose them but Don imagine that was he Florida Marlins yes he is that would be a dog coming out of the pen for the power lefty oh my goodness I don't know what I would do um, but that that's the news on the Detroit Tigers we keep it keep it strictly Spartans here usually uh, but yes when the Tigers do make some noise and splash the water we will we'll pass that knowledge along but definitely. Tigers' hot stove is is burning again. Tigers making moves in the off season. It seems they're making moves in the right direction. If you'd like to join us here on the Spartan Sports Wrap tonight, our number five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. I'm Dan Duggar alongside Ray Mara. First off, Michigan State men's basketball. They're going to get their regular season underway. If you pay attention to the polls, they did slide in the preseason. I'm not sure how that is possible. 
those preseason games don't count, and, and uh, that's just annoying to me uh, that Michigan State would fall. It doesn't mean nothing. Disregard the preseason, please. It means nothing. But Michigan State basketball, they do open up their regular season tomorrow against Chicago State. This is a Chicago State team that gave Michigan State a little bit of a run last year. Michigan State only won 69-61. That was last December in East Lansing. That was the first and only meeting uh, between the, the two schools. And when you look at Chicago State, they've got a tremendously talented score in, in David Holston. Puts up 29 a game. Yes, we know, smaller conference. But Chicago State's going to get up and down, and, and they're going to give us a little bit of a challenge. But a challenge to beat us. I'm not sure. Michigan State is 90-18 and 18 all-time in home openers. And the Spartans last lost a home opener on December 4th, 1976 to Western Michigan, of all people. And we, I'm sure for those Michigan State basketball fans, we can fondly remember the last time Michigan State men's basketball lost a home opener in general. I believe it was over in Hawaii in 05 when we had oh, yeah, that was when everyone was mysterious cramps. Yes, everyone. I remember watching that game. It was odd because obviously no way you're getting it on TV. We're here in East Lansing. One of my friends paid to get some webcast, some extremely biased Hawaiian <laughs> broadcaster who said like Maurice Ager was down with a knee injury when it was Shannon Brown on the ground in cramps. That was just a, such an odd game, but I don't see anyone cramping up tomorrow night. Uh, that That's going to be the first round, the f- first game of the CBE Classic, uh, the 2007 O'Reilly Auto Parts Classic. When you look at the field in in the in the tournament as a whole, uh, not in the East Lansing bracket to start, but you see U, uh, a talented UCLA team, uh, you see a strong Missouri team, Maryland. So obviously you have your, if you want to call them cupcakes, you know they're not going to be easy teams, but your lower ranked teams. But it, it's also going to be a strong tournament, I'd say. In Michigan State, yes, they do have the possibility to advance on and play. We look at the East Lansing Regional. Michigan State takes on Chicago State, 7 p.m. It's on ESPNU. Uh, they'll advance if they win, I'm assuming, to face the winner of Louisiana Monroe and Northern Michigan. Uh, the first game at tomorrow is at 4 p.m. Louisiana Monroe, Northern Michigan. Michigan State plays at 7. Uh, likewise for Wednesday, uh, 7 p.m., the championship game. So I'm assuming Michigan State advances in the, the consolation game at 4 p.m. at the Breslin Center. And uh, the interesting Los Angeles regional, what I'm going to keep my eye on is UCLA, You know, one of the top-touted teams in the nation. Uh, I, th- I believe Darren Collison, one of their lead guards, is out. But nonetheless, UCLA is going to be a talented basketball team. Um, if you want to get a taste of uh, of Bruin basketball, uh, they play 11 p.m. on ESPN two against Youngstown State uh, tomorrow's or tonight. Pardon me. They play tonight 11 p.m. on ESPN two. Does UCLA in their first round game of the CB Classic, and we would not advance to play UCLA if we did. We would most likely play the winner, barring an upset here now. Uh, of Maryland and UCLA in the final four of this tournament, uh, we wouldn't face UCLA until the championship. So that's a long ways away. Wish somewhat wishful thinking to face the Bruins this early, but you look in that uh, in the in the region, College Park region, you have Maryland and a Tulsa team. A Tulsa team, I'm going to tell you to watch out for because why? They're coached by Doug Wojcik, a former assistant here at Michigan State a few years back. Be wary of them, but that's North Florida, Hampton, Tulsa, and Maryland in that bracket. I expect Maryland to come out of that. 
And then north of us, you know, the uh, or ahead of us here, the Columbia Regional, on top of Michigan State's bracket, you have Missouri, and you assume Missouri is going to come out. So, you know, ideally, you can't you can't bank on it because of the upsets, the Gardner Webs over Kentucky's of this preseason. But you look at ideally, in, in you know the tournament planners' eyes, you know the whoever made up this tournament wants to see Missouri, Michigan State, that winner take on the winner of UCLA in Maryland. So I, I would love to see that as well to put put this team to a true test early on in the season. But there's your CBE championship bracket information. <laughs> uh, but first off, disregard the preseason; it means nothing. No one has won or lost a game. Uh, Michigan State hasn't won or lost a game, pardon me. But if you'd like to join us, our number five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Our email address wdbmsports at gmail dot com. I'm alongside Ray Mar. I'm Dan Duggar. Unfortunately, Bridget Troy not in the house tonight. Jamal Spencer from ABC three may join us later. But even Izzo says he tried to mix up certain things in the preseason just to see how they would work. Pairing certain players he wouldn't necessarily pair together. But Izzo did discuss today at his Monday press conference the struggle of the preseason. Here's Coach Izzo's thoughts on the start of Michigan State men's basketball season. We didn't do the things that you need to do. We didn't execute the things. But somebody was always off because we had a lot of different people in there. Um, we have not yet, uh, I don't think, uh, for more than a couple minutes, played the same team that even ended last year, which as I told you, is a good basketball team, not a great team. They had to get better. And I think some things happened that some guys did get better. I think Raymar improved his shooting. I think Travis had until his lack of what he could do all summer, missing the three months. I think uh, uh, Gray has improved his. And yet, between foul trouble and injury, uh, some of those guys haven't been able to prove any of that yet. And that's going to have to take place. And then Bringing the freshmen together. I mean, basketball is a sport where everybody's got to be on the same page. You only got five out there, and if you got two guys not knowing what they're doing and three guys knowing what they're doing, it doesn't end up a very successful uh, play offensively or defensively. And I've already seen great improvement over the last week from the last game, and I think you'll continue to see that. But I don't think this team will be anywhere near the one we should be at the end of the year until midway through the year. That's Michigan State men's basketball coach Tom Izzo just discussing the preseason. Obviously, Michigan State lost in its exhibition opener against Grand Valley in double overtime and then um, beat Michigan Tech by five. You know, you're supposed you know you're supposed to beat Michigan Tech by more, but you take that with a grain of salt here in the preseason. And you look at the All American Drew Neitzel shooting just twenty seven percent, eight of thirty in two contests, um, and you and you include the thirteen point three percent from three point range. Drew Neitzel. Last year shot over 40% both from the field and from three-point. The law of averages will kick in here, folks. I do not think Drew Neitzel is going to have that disappointing of a year. And I think Drew Neitzel is more mentally strong to let a couple poor games in the exhibition season affect uh, his regular season. So look for Drew Neitzel to bust out of the slump. And, hey, maybe even he's your high scorer tomorrow night against Chicago State. Uh, but... You look at Goran Sutan, he, he led MSU with 12 rebounds, and in a nice, a nice touch there was freshman Darrell Summers. Uh, he's, he was second on the team with 11 boards. I really like how Darrell gets after the, ba- the basketball, both on the offensive end and the defensive end. Really, you saw what, what was a question mark heading into the preseason was those freshmen, you know, what are they going to do? Who is going to emerge? And obviously, in my opinion, 
you know, take it with a grain of salt, but Kalen Lucas was outstanding. Uh, he led Michigan State in scoring 14 points, shooting 53% from the field. Obviously, a lot of his buckets coming in transition, but what Kalen Lucas does for you, Kalen Lucas can finish on a fast break, and Kalen Lucas, if he does not finish, he draws contact on a fast break, and he's going to get to the free throw line, and that is a great tool to have, especially in a point guard, because you know, Although he may not have hit all his free throws, Coach Izzo is going to make him shoot at least 80% or better from the stripe. Coach Izzo is going to coach him up to that. Uh, yeah, Lucas got to the free throw line 17 times in two games. So that's outstanding. That's, you know, what, eight points eight points a game at the free stripe. So as a team, though, Michigan State shot below 40% from the field and 16% from three. I don't think that is not going to happen. No, that's going to that's change, you know, when uh... – the the uh, the team develops you know chemistry and I think you know Izzo just wanted to mix it up in the exhibition see who, see who plays well with you know each other and I think he's he'll find that in the Chicago State game yeah I think we'll be all right and especially with back to back games um, obviously hoping we win tomorrow we play again Wednesday at 7 p.m. in the CBE Classic that we will see what this team's made of as well coming at tournament style yeah essentially it's a tournament style we'll wake up. You know, play again. You know, obviously favored because we're at home sleeping in our own beds and we're a top 10 program. Uh, but Coach Izzo also spoke on Drew Neitzel. Drew Neitzel had a couple of bad shooting nights, but trust me, that will change. He's not an All-American for for no reason. You know, he's voted an AP All-American this, in the past week, so we have to show some love to Drew Neitzel, D-Knight, an All-American. But Izzo also thinks Drew will break out of the slump. Here's what Coach Izzo had to say about his star point guard today at the press conference. You know, of all the things that I do worry about, that's the least one I worry about just because I, I think he is a shooter and he shot the ball well all his life. And, uh, you know, could he be pressing a little bit maybe? Did he have an off night? Probably. Uh, I don't think it was forcing shots. I don't think it was uh, anything else. I do think that sometimes the timing has something to do with it and that will improve as they play together more and more. So, um he shot the ball pretty well, real well, the last two days. And uh, I think he'll shoot the ball well in the, in the near future. That was Michigan State head coach Tom Izzo speaking on the struggles of Michigan State point guard Drew Neitzel. And those struggles, trust me, extremely temporary. They may just disappear tomorrow night about 7 o'clock when Michigan State tips off against Chicago State. The shy, the Windy City coming to the Brez. They move, they get up and down the court. And the season officially starts tomorrow night. Coach Izzo been doing it 13 seasons. Is it a little different now heading into, you know, coaching for more than a decade? Here's what Coach Izzo had to say heading into the season opener tomorrow. I think it's even more exciting this year in some ways because uh, there's a little bit more unknown. You know, I mean, when you play freshmen and you play three of them, what I think will be a decent amount of time um, with a pretty good team, you know, the job is putting the pieces to the puzzle together and, and, uh, there's times in practice where I see those pieces fit together and I say, you know, this has a chance to be very good, but cautiously optimistic that they do have to fit together sooner or later if you're going to have a good team. So I, uh, I am excited for tomorrow night. I'm excited uh, to get the season underway and, and see what we can do. Back-to-back games are, are, are a little more difficult this time of the year, so that will be a challenge and I think one that hopefully again will help us later on. That was Michigan State men's basketball head coach Tom Izzo speaking on the season opener tomorrow at home, 7 p.m. against Chicago State. During the break there, none other than Jamal Spencer of ABC3 joins us. What's up, Jamal? Nothing much, man. How's it going? 
Man, it's fantastic. So when do we get to see your shining face on ABC3 again? Man, you know I'm working on it. Probably on Thursday, Thursday night, 10 to 11. Yeah, you can catch Jamal Spencer on ABC3. He's been a guest here before with us. He's a classmate of mine, a fellow journalism student. So, uh, you know, we'll kick it, talk a little sports. But, you know, we give props where props is due. we got to show some love to Michigan State women's basketball. Two impressive wins to start the season by 30 and 20 points, a 50, a 50 points combined margin of victory for the ladies. And Susie Merchant probably breathing a little easier for now until she travels to LSU Thursday for a showdown with Sylvia Fowles and the Lady Tigers. So the Spartans, the young Spartans, starting three freshmen in both those contests. But, boy, are the freshmen talented. Uh, just It's just a quick side note because... I got to watch the women's game Friday in their season opener, and the freshmen are very talented. You look at Kalisha Keene, she's an extremely talented post-president. She can take it out to the three-point line and score as well. She shoots a lot, but she's going to give you point production and rebounding. Listen, Han, doing it all again, and it seems like the more she matures, the more hungry she gets, and the more attitude she gets. Very passive last season, but first year in the Big Ten, this is a... A young woman that almost didn't want to go play Big Ten basketball, and she she came to play in Michigan State, and she had 15 block shots in two in two games, just ridiculous. I expect her to get over the century mark in blocks again this season, and here's to hoping that she puts one down. I'm talking slam dunk, two hands, jam jam dunkaroo, whatever Dick Vitale wants to say. Uh, but here's the hoping. Listen to Han. Crunks one this season on a fast break. Two handed Jamal. Two hand. It's going down. Two handed. I'm 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 hoping. I'm hoping. I'm keep my eyes open for that one. I said, I had a bet going last year that I would like shave the number forty four in my head or something <laughs> or forty one in my head if she did it. She never did. I don't know if I'll do it this year though. She seems a little more comfortable. She probably is a little better with the rock on the break as well. Since she hit her first career three pointer. Unbelievable six nine slanging trays Man. six foot nine. But props to the women's basketball team. Sands Aisa Jefferson. That's a tough loss. All Big Ten, in my opinion. Talent. You're losing a double double right there. They've you know they've survived. You know, they played they haven't played the most talented teams, but you know, they survived and they've shown that these freshmen are very, very talented. So best of luck to the women's team. They travel to Louisiana State University. They'll Probably getting out of campus Wednesday. They play Thursday night in the women's NIT semifinals. So a big test early for Susie Merchant and the Lady Spartans. But speaking of the men's team, we know the question marks heading into the preseason were the freshmen, and it still is. Uh, but, fellas, what question marks still remain in your eyes, and what do you need to see proven, or who do you need to see play well? Jamal. I think the uh, biggest question mark is playing time. I mean, in the two games you've seen out of the three freshmen, not a knock on Chris Allen or Darrell Summers, but – Kalen Lucas looks like the real deal. I mean, you want to talk about defense, I see him locking people up, stripping balls to get the fast break going. He runs the floor. Like you said, he gets contact. He gets to the line. Now, not to take away from Travis Walton, because we all know that T-Walt is the glue to that team, but at what point do you, you know, give Kalen Lucas some minutes? Absolutely. You look at Kalen Lucas. Uh, how about the lineup of Kalen Lucas, Drew Knightson, and Travis Walton on the floor at the same time? You go against a guard-heavy team. That's that's appetizing to me, right? What are some of the question marks still out there for you? I, I'm just interested to see how the freshmen will provide or how they will contribute off the bench and, you know, what kind of roles they're going to play, you know, in the season. And just how things shake out eventually, yeah. you know, what freshmen's going to, you know, come off the bench scoring 10-plus a game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So who do you look to make a splash early, though? All team members included. Since you guys are, your breath is taken <laughs> away by that super, superb question, um, I will answer it. Um, you know, Raymar Morgan, He, you know, he's, his issues, whatever. 
Uh, he's he's been you know he's been all right in the preseason and and he's going to be have a new hunger and I think he'll make a splash early. It's a tough one though between Drew Neitzel and Raymore Morgan because Drew Neitzel will not shoot that poorly for for too much longer. Trust me. But who's going to make the splash early? I'm going to look inside. I mean, we know that Michigan State's going to be a running team. And you want to talk running, I don't know if there's a more athletic four in the game than uh, Marquise Gray. Um, I'm really, really looking for Marquise to step up. You know, we talked about, you know, G last week possibly being the, you know, surprise guy. But Marquise is uh, the person I look to make an early splash running the floor. Ray, who's going to make an early splash for Michigan State basketball? I'm going to go with one of the freshmen. I'm going to go with Kalen Lucas. I think if our offense is struggling, I think I would look to him for him to provide a spark and, you know, off the bench and provide explosiveness and to get to the hoop. Hey, men's basketball, they open their regular season tomorrow night. First round of the CBE Classic right at the Breslin Center, 7 p.m. It's on ESPNU. Also, if they win, they play again Wednesday. That'll be at 7 p.m. as well. If they lose, 4 p.m., you know, barring they lose. Uh, But just to look down the, the bracket here, if Michigan State wins both games here in East Lansing, they would advance uh, to the Sprint Center in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, to take on that winner of that regional. Teams in that region include Central Missouri, Fordham, Central Michigan, and Missouri. So assuming Missouri escapes from the Columbia Regional, Michigan State hopefully matched up with Missouri, but you never know. Could be a little Gardner-Webb in our regional. Could be a little Gardner-Webb in the Columbia Regional. Who knows? But you look south. And in Southwest, pardon me, Los Angeles, you got UCLA most likely coming out of that regional. And then Maryland, and I like Tulsa, though. You little Doug Wojcik out there. Jamal's familiar. Jamal's familiar. Yep. So watch out for Tulsa to make a little noise. Could be my surprise team of the CBE College Basketball Experience Classic. Look at that. The O'Reilly Auto Parts College Basketball Experience Classic. <laughs> Longest tournament name ever. But guess what? Uh, we're on ESPNU both nights at 7 p.m. Hopefully, that's saying we win. But as always, that game will additionally be on the radio with uh, none other than Gus Ganakis on color and Will Teeman on the Spartan Sports Network. Uh, that'll be on WJIM 12:40 a.m. So Michigan State, Chicago State tip off 7 p.m. tomorrow. Men's basketball season getting underway. But uh, Michigan State was underway in some football Saturday, and how impressive did they look? Brian Hoyer, a gem of a game. Extremely significant win over Purdue in more ways than one. Michigan State becomes bowl eligible with six wins, and it will be so interesting to see how this plays out. Some say, don't beat Penn State, you'll get to a better bowl if you don't. Some people say, beat Penn State, and you'll get to a good bowl in warm weather. I don't know what to believe. I want to win. I don't care. I'm not going to throw it in the tank to get to a better bowl. Oh, Motor City Bowl. It's a moral victory. No, it's not. It's a bowl. Bowl's a bowl. And how rowdy would the Motor City, how rowdy would Ford Field be with a bunch of Spartans down there, downtown Detroit? That'd be outstanding. They're, they're most likely to be playing in-state, well, not in-state rival, but they're most likely to be playing Central Michigan on the Mac. Here, here's to hoping, but I'm, I think we can beat Penn State. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll yeah. get to the game that was played Saturday. Really a tale of turnovers. Michigan State 0 Purdue has three, and we capitalize on those. We look at Otis Wiley making a play, forcing a fumble scooped by Travis Key. Prior to that, Sir Darian Adams showing his DB skills and picking off two. Coach D was pleased with the game and the defense as well. Here's what Coach D'Antonio had to say about the Purdue game. But uh, again, our, our players came out ready to play with focus, 
And I think we answered the, the bell for um, the 11th straight time, it's just in terms of coming out and um, fighting through some adversity, having a good mindset coming into the game. Obviously, we were disappointed a little bit, uh, but we had great practices last week, and I think that uh, that's a great indication usually in, in terms of how you're going to play. Um, offense responded throughout the entire game. Every time something happened defensively, we would respond offensively. I thought that uh, Hoyer had an outstanding game. You know, obviously, Devin Thomas, again, has an outstanding game with 10 catches, I think 119 yards. I thought Kellen Freeman Davis had a, had a very good game as well, as did Hoyer. Um, Colcrick gets his 20th touchdown. He gets two more, 19 and 20, and Ringer has a good day. And, and I think the key thing offensively, when you look at this football game, I think it was about turnovers. Uh, we had zero. They had three. And that's, a, that's an important statistic when you get right down to it. Um, defensively, obviously, the turnovers helped us. We gave up some big plays, but we continued to fight through it. Um, Purdue has an outstanding offense. They're very well tied together, as, as everybody is in this conference. Uh, we were able to score and get in the red zone. We were able to score on defense and then get in the red zone um, two additional times with turnovers, and they all led to points. Um, you know, going back to our offense, I think we were seven out of seven in terms of uh, getting in the red zone and getting points. That's five for five once we got in the goal line situation in terms of scoring touchdowns. When you're able to do that, I think good things can happen. Uh, special teams played a factor into the game in terms of we kicked to, to Bryant. Um, who was the number one kick returner in the conference, did a nice job containing him. Bates had an outstanding day punting, 41-yard average. Uh, didn't have too many punt returns, but we got the fake punt, which I think was a pretty big uh, play in the game, just in terms of recapturing the momentum when they came back down and scored and cut it, cut it to 10. So all in all, I think it was a program win. Uh, big win, win for us, takes us to number six, which makes us bowl eligible and uh, allows us to, uh, to play on. We talked about it being a two-game uh, two playoffs schedule for us this past week, talked about being crunch time, and we answered the bell. And um, That's very, very encouraging when you're coaching this program for the first time, that our players have answered um, and came out to play every, every single week. That was head coach Mark D'Antonio speaking on his team's win over Purdue, a very, very impressive win over the Boilermakers. Was it 48-31 final? Final score, I believe it was. Yep, yep. Very, very consistent product on the field this year. And if you're a Spartan fan, think back to a year ago about this time. If you would have said, going into the final game against Penn State, this team was 6-5, and five, you would take it. Trust me, you would take it. I missed that losing streak last year. You would take it. This team has put a consistent product on the field. I think that's where people get flustered this year is because, wow, we are good. We have talent. We're that close. And it starts with recruiting, as we've discussed. And, and what a better message to tell a recruit than, hey, we're you away from beating Ohio State. We are you away from beating Michigan. You know, that's a great product to sell, not to mention the great facility upgrades that are going on now right here at Michigan State with the Pearls Plaza, with the new addition over at the Duff. The Scandalaris building should be fantastic. But consistency, 11 close games. They answered the bell 11 times, as Coach D said in the clip. Is that something you're pleased with, Jamal? I mean, you got to be. Like you said, this time last year, everyone was wondering when does basketball season start? Like, you know, who cares about the football team? Now it's like, let's go to that bowl game. You know, every game you don't you want to you don't want to believe in moral victories. But let's be real. Every game that they've lost was by seven points or less. And they've been in every single game, a fumble recovery away, you know, a bad penalty away. It's just this team's been playing good ball. It's a good team. Ray, are you, is that something you're pleased with, uh, being in 11 games, or do you want them to win some of those games? 
No, I'm I'm impressed with you know the consistency game in and game out, but I'm more impressed with you know that we established the run game in every game we've played. We've ran we've run against Ohio State. We you know we proven we can run against you know Wisconsin, Michigan, and I think another thing is I'm really pleased with the fact that we you know pressured the quarterback this year. I mean last year there's so many times where we just sat back on our heels and let the other team let the offense dictate you know the flow of the game. And I think this year we've we've actually you know taken over games with our defensive line pressure. Our offense just has been remarkable in so many aspects. And you look to Saturday's game, you see, you know, Javon Ringer getting his his usual due. You know, not as much as 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 usual, but you know, testament to Purdue's defense. But we also threw the ball more. Uh, Hoyer had a, his best game of his career easily. Talked to Brian Hoyer today. We'll get to that clip later. Also talked to Irvin Baldwin, G Ball, and got to show some love to the kickers. Ray was a kicker in high school. That's in addition, point, in addition to be a to a, to a wide receiver. Ray was a kicker, so Aaron Bates, he was in on that fake punt. He was he was in there. I talked to Aaron Bates today. Got to show some love when he averages 41 yards of boot. Also talked to Coach D'Antonio spoke today. I'll get his thoughts on Penn State. And, yes, Coach D'Antonio said bowl. He talked about a bowl game today. I'll get his thoughts. That's coming up later in the show. If you'd like to join us and share your thoughts, are you impressed with Michigan State? Have they overachieved in your eyes? What are your thoughts on Michigan State football or even basketball? For that matter, men's or women's, 517-432-3893 is the number. The email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com, alongside Jamal, ABC3, Spencer, and Raymar, I'm Dan Duggar. Which impresses you most, fellas? Brian Hoyer, This um, in, in this game Saturday. Brian Hoyer, remarkable career day. J.U. Colcrick, record-setting day. Devin Thomas, record-setting day. Of those three, who impresses you the most? Hands down, Brian Hoyer. I mean, we were talking before this game that he need to step up. He need to step up and really start playing like a, you know, veteran quarterback. This is his first year starting, but we're 11 games in now, so you got to show me something. And you know, Purdue wanted to put eight in the box and try to stop the run. Hoyer said, "Okay, I'm gonna pick you apart with the arm," and that's what he did. It was a great game by Hoyer. He won the game. Ray, who stands out in that group? Brian Hoyer, J.U. Conkrick, Devin Thomas. Can't deny Brian Hoyer. You know, he completed 66 percent of his passes, no interceptions. I think he managed the game very well. And you know, you know, it was a definitely a comeback game after you know, kind of a poor game he played against Michigan. So I think I gotta give the nod to Hoyer. I mean, just to not say Brian Hoyer, <laughs> just to not say Brian Hoyer, I, golly, Devin Thomas is remarkable. Right, you know, to Showtime. Show, Showtime, yeah. doing, Showtime doing his thing. 68 receptions this season. Tied for first in an MSU single season with Chuck Rogers. So clearly with the reception Saturday, he breaks it. Record-setting year for Devin Thomas. Not to mention he's just the fourth receiver in MSU history to collect 1,000 yards receiving in a season. How many? 1,000. Did did you just say 1,000, Dan? Yes. Does Brian Hoyer Has Brian Hoyer thrown over 1,000, 2,000 yards? Yes. Do we have a 1,000-yard rusher? Incredibly balanced. Another, what, 20 touchdowns for JU? Is that it? And yeah, he's got 20, and he's 300 yards away from breaking 1,000. In, in Which, J- I mean, it's probably out of reach, but... Hey, J.U. J- Colkrick has like 719 yards rushing, too. Yep. Boy, we are going to miss J.U. when he's gone. Oh, my goodness. I don't even want to discuss those days. But uh, Devin, speaking of Devin Thomas, 600-yard receiving games this he- this season. That's fourth best in an MSU single season. Okay, we're putting Devin Thomas in a basket with such names as Courtney Hawkins, Plaxico Burris, Charles Rogers. Yes, we know what happened with Chuck. But just flipping through ESPN the magazine today, 
huge feature on Plaxico Burris with the New York Giants. Devin Thomas poised to play on Sundays. Poised. His size, his speed, versatility. But who knows, will they be Sundays next year or Sundays two years from now? That's for Devin Thomas to decide. But definitely impressive all around. J.U. Conkrick breaks the record for single touchdowns in a single season, 20. Uh, you could call him the touchdown whore. Because every time, you know, that's that's what his teammates really call him, you know, discussing it colloquially with the teammates, that's what they call him. Okay, Javon breaks some remarkable run, runs out of steam because he was doing the shuttle run from sideline to sideline, and, and falls at the five, and then J.U. gets the love. Or Devin Thomas reels one in at the three, J.U. gets the love. And then, you know, it's just hilarious that the the, the teammates refer to J, J.U. His name gets mispronounced so often. There, there's a pet peeve. Some girl... And I was talking to the other day. Called him J. Rue. And Purdue, I swear the PA announcer called him Jehu. <laughs> <laughs> Jehu, I'm sure they knew who he was by the end of that game. J. U. The, t- the touchdown whore, as they say. But extremely balanced offense. Only Big Ten team. And one of 11 in the nation, Michigan State is. The Michigan State Spartans. To average 200 yards rushing and 200 plus yards passing per game. We're heading into the final week, folks. These stats aren't inflated. These stats aren't against the UAB Blazers. Here's one for you. We happen to have the number one scoring offense in the Big Ten. Oh, you want to you want to subtract non-conference games? Oh, yeah. We lead the conference in scoring in those, too. So conference games, we're getting it done. We're hanging major points on major opponents. We don't have the cupcake, you know, you know, leisure Big Ten schedule, either. We don't have Minnesota. No, albeit we had... Northwestern, you know, hiccup, mm-hmm. Iowa hiccup this year, but Iowa's not going to be down like that for for a consistent number of years. Iowa's still bowl eligible, too, so. Yeah, Iowa may be more of a nemesis in the weeks to come <laughs> as this whole bowl situation plays itself out. We'll, we'll see that later because we know the Hawkeyes travel so well, mm-hmm. and that'll be a, a, a big deciding factor in what bowl will, you know, throw a bit out to the Hawkeyes. But defensively, Irvin Baldwin, I think he had one of the better games of, of his short Spartan career as well. He had two sacks. Sir, D, Sir Darren Adams, Sir D, Sir Dizzle, two picks. Huge for the Spartans. Got a chance to sit down with G-Ball. He says he doesn't know what G-Ball means. When you ask him today, he goes, I don't know what the G stands for. i got to tell him. You know, He's from Georgia. He might as well say Georgia, you know, Balling, you know, George is balling, you know, G balling, you know, if it's going by G ball, you know, ball, ball, short for balling, G ball, Georgia balling, you know, not to be confused with uh, Air Georgia, no, in no way or no manner is that confused with the, the former uh, Michigan Wolverine basketball standout, now D League star, I'm playing uh, with the Harlem Globetrotters, cut by the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, we won't, we won't go there. <laughs> but uh, got a chance to sit down with G Ball, Georgia Ball, and Irvin Baldwin. Here's what uh, G Ball had to say today. I'm joined by defensive end Irvin Baldwin. First of all, Irvin, you guys got a big win down at Purdue. What happened during that game that allowed you to get such a large margin of victory over the Boilermakers? Ah uh, man, um, putting pressure on the quarterback and turnovers. Um, you know what I'm saying? So Darian had two interceptions, and Otis came up with a big fumble, and the T.K. scored and scoop and scored on. So really turnovers and just um, being consistent with the pass rush and putting pressure. We knew that um, coming into the game that the quarterback was going to get the ball out pretty fast, so that you know, we knew we had to be patient and just continue to put pressure on him, you know what I'm saying, and stop the option. As you can see in the first half, that uh, they scored on the three big plays they scored on was the option, and um, we knew we had to be more disciplined. So we just um, – 
we just came out with a mindset that, you know what I'm saying, we had to bounce back from next week, I mean, from last weekend, and just get the job done. You had two sacks on the day. What opened up on that front line for you guys to get in and attack the quarterback? I, I know, I knew right away that um, the, uh, the old tackle was setting out wide, so I just spent back inside on him. And, um, it really was a cover sack because, as you can see, when I spent, uh, the quarterback double pump. And um, he he didn't, have, he didn't have nowhere to throw it, so he had to bring the ball back down. And um, they got they allowed me to get time to put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, we did a pretty good job all day. You know what I'm saying? We we still can get better in some aspects, but throughout the whole game, we um we uh put pressure on him. Times he didn't throw the ball out quick. You guys got Penn State at home to end the regular season. Does it help that you guys played Penn State very close last time you guys played down in Happy Valley? Yeah, yeah, that, that helps a lot. It gives us a confidence. You know what I'm saying? We knew that. We knew last year that. The guys are pretty good, and this is also so. We knew that we know in going to this game that if we play our best, we can beat anybody in the country, including Penn State. So we know that we're gonna come out fired up. It's senior day, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's gonna be emotional, and we just gotta be um be prepared. Those guys are great, They're great offense, great defense. You know what I'm saying two of the best linebackers in the country, and it's not gonna be an easy win. So we know we gotta come out this week and practicing with the mindset that you know what I'm saying if we want to get to a bowl game to a warm climate that we got to, you know what I'm saying, get this W. Does it seem like it's the perfect scenario for you guys, a big win at Purdue? You come back home, 3.30 starts, students are going to be crazy. Do you think it's just a perfect situation for you guys? Oh, yeah, man. We have we weren't having no better, you know what I'm saying? No other way. We can't look back in the, uh, in the past and, you know what I'm saying, say we should have won those games. We just got to, um, you know what I'm saying, get, get our mind right for this game. It's one game, you know what I'm saying? It's a one-game playoff now. You know what I'm saying? If we come out and do what we got to do, we know the bowl is gonna, the bowl game is gonna take care of itself. So I know it's a three thirty game, ABC. The fans gonna be riled up. Senior day, everybody, parents gonna be here, family members. So it's gonna be a very emotional game. And me and my guys, we're gonna come out hype and ready to play, and just gotta stay mental focused the whole way through. And lastly, G ball, what are the keys to the game? What do you have to do to beat Penn State? Uh, it always gotta stop the run. We got We have to stop the run. That's the first thing up front. We must stop the run because those guys are physical. The offense not that simple. They're not that complex like uh, Purdue last like last week. So we know coming out, we must stop the run and put pressure on the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Then we must run the ball. Offense must run the ball and protect the ball. And we must cause turnovers like we did last week. And everything else will take care of itself. Irvin Baldwin, G-Ball, was taking care of it on Saturday against Purdue. Doesn't know what the G stands for in G-Ball. We're going with Georgia. The Oglethorpe, Georgia. That is so Georgia. The town, <laughs> Oglethorpe. That is so Georgia. But Georgia balling. That's what I'm going to tell him when I see him. I say, brother, you got to go with Georgia balling. That is, that's, that's slick. That's slick. It's, you know, nothing corny about it. But I did promise a Brian Hoyer interview. My, my, my pardon to skip over the, uh, the, the number seven. That, you know, the perfect number, as they say. Especially in the Bible, you yeah, are. How can you go against that number, D? You wore seven in high school. Yeah. I, I wore two. I was all about Charles Woodson back then. <laughs> low key, low key. How could you not be growing up in Metro Detroit? You know the the days of Heisman Trophy winner Charles Woodson. Then I got some sense and went to Michigan State. <laughs> but nonetheless, Brian Hoyer got a chance to sit down with Brian Hoyer. You know what it is? Monday morning quarterback. Here's Brian Hoyer. Monday morning quarterback here with Brian Hoyer. Brian. We look back at the Purdue game, and you have a near-perfect performance. Was there anything in preparation that week or a mindset going into that game that led to such success for you on the field? Just a, a great week of preparation. Um, you know, we uh, I think we had a great game plan, uh, in, and, and was really just allowed us to take advantage of what they were trying to do. Um, obviously, they were trying to stack the box and, and take away the run, but in the same sense that, you know, they stacked the box, but... 
when they when they had those people coming, our, our offensive line did a great job picking them up and just left a lot of zones open, and uh, we were able to pass the ball well. And then even if you look at it, we ran the ball for almost 200 yards too. So, um, you know, just stayed balanced and, and kept them on their heels. As a quarterback, although you did have some incompletions, there were some drop passes out there. It seemed that all your balls were on the money. Were you just playing loose and in a zone out there? Yeah, I felt like it um, just came out, and I think the part of it was, you know, so we had such a great game plan in. Um, we knew what they were trying to do, and uh, – we just uh, went out and executed it. And once you go out and you kind of get in that rhythm and um, everybody, everything starts flowing, um, you're picking up third downs, um, it just it just helps you uh, relax and just let you play your game a little bit. How astonishing is the offensive balance on this team? A 1,000-yard receiver, yourself a 2,000-yard passer, Javon over 1,000 yards, and JU creeping up to seven 800 yards. Yeah, just uh, it's just a testament for to the you know really the whole the staff and and the players to be able to come in and take in a new offense and, and have such great production. Um, like you said, the balance is there. Um, you know, we're passing, we're throwing. We we can do what we want to do, and um, it, it just shows how uh, the talent that we have, and and the focus, and um, the hard work that we've put into, uh, you know, getting this offense down packed. And now we look to your next game, Penn State, three thirty at home. How important is it to end the regular season at home? And what do you have to focus on against a well-coached Nittany Lions team? Yeah, um, like you said, well-coached, uh, great players. Looking at their defense, um, you know, I think you can put them up there with the Ohio State's, the Wisconsin's. Uh, they're uh, they're fast. They're physical. Um, they make plays, and we just have to go out and have another great week of preparation. It's, we know it's going to be electric in here, uh, 3:30 on ABC. So by the time it's the second half, it's going to be under the lights. The the fans will be crazy, and you know we just got to go out and take care of what we can take care of. Do you think the template of the season? heading into the final week could have been written any better for you guys a big win at Purdue you come home for your final regular season game senior day at home yeah it's nice to come home and play one last game in Spartan Stadium especially for those seniors um you know it's going to be an emotional day for those guys and and I think the underclassmen will rise up and play even harder for those guys because uh you know we're a tight-knit group we uh we feel like family out there and, and seeing some of the guys that you spend four years with you know, the last time they walk out of that tunnel with you is going to be emotional, even for me, because, you know, this is my fourth year. Some of those guys, Kellen Freeman Davis, Eric Andino, those are guys that I've lived with, um, you know, spent a ton of time with, and, and to realize, you know, it's going to hit me, especially after the game, knowing that, you know, that's that's it. That's the last time that I'll play on, on that field with those guys. It's going to be emotional. And you quarterbacked Michigan State last season at Penn State. Does that help you with the familiarity of the Nittany Lions? Yeah, not only was it against Penn State, that's my first start ever. So it's something you're going to remember for, for the rest of your life. So I can almost remember like it was yesterday what kind of defenses they were running, um, you know, the players that they had. And, and it's now that I'm getting back around to having, you know, someone that I've played more than once, it's, it's kind of weird to know how much you remember from playing against a team like that. And lastly, Brian, we know you're bowl eligible with six wins, but how hungry is this team to get win number seven? Real hungry. Um, you know, we got to, I think, uh, you know, the way Coach D puts it is, you know, getting these two big wins can really ease a lot of the pain caused by some of the games earlier in the season. And, um, you know, we're just hungry. We come off a big win away from home and, and coming back home for senior day. We're just, we're a hungry football team, and, and we just got to go out and take care of our business. Sorry to backtrack. That was quarterback Brian Hoyer, though. Had to show some love to B. Hoyer after his performance against Purdue on Saturday, near flawless. You look at what Hoyer did, 22-31. Oh, he missed nine passes. No, he had about six of those dropped, and the other one's right on target. So Hoyer definitely in his zone. Good to see Hoyer playing well, and I'm sure he's pleased with himself. And that gives him great confidence heading into Penn State Saturday. 
But when you look at that game, special teams played such an important role in in the the simply guts of Coach Santonio. You gotta love it. You know, heading into season, you think this guy is gonna be some boring run, 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 play fake, play action pass, run, 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 play action pass. No. This guy goes for it on th- on fourth and short more than anybody. Once a game, it seems like. Um, but I got a chance to sit down with Aaron Bates, punter, average forty one yards a punt. Here's what Aaron Bates had to say today. I'm joined by freshman punter Aaron Bates. First of all, Aaron, you look at Coach Santonio and how he approaches the game and the high regard he has for punt, calling it the most important play in the football field. Does that put a little more pressure on you, or is that something you desire? Well, yeah, it does put more pressure on you, but at the same time, that's what you want as a punter. You know, you want to be. Uh, want to be one of the main focuses of the game and uh, you know some teams they don't stress special teams as much as we do but we realize it's a one-third of the game and it's a really important play and, you know it changes field position and uh, you know it's a big big determining factor in whether you win the game or not. You've had such a successful start here to your Spartan career in a great game last week averaging 41 yards a punt. What goes into a good punt? Um, you know, really, uh, I guess it's a, a lot of it is, uh, first of all, the snap, you know, is it a good snap or not, because that really affects me. And then, uh, really, the most important part is the drop. You know, if you get a flat drop, you're going to get a, a good kick. If you get a bad drop, you're going to get a bad kick. So that's, that's really the focus of punting. And you look at your team's big win on the road at Purdue. What does that do for the landscape of your season? Well, obviously, you know, it, uh, it you know, the three games in a row were hurting, and that really changes things around. And, uh, you know, if we can pull this one out, then that's a winning season, and that's that's a pretty big deal um, with the fourth-hardest schedule in the country. So, you know, it really changed things for the better, but uh, really to, to, have, to have the season we want, we got to win this week. Winning this week would be huge, as you said. What are the keys to defeating the Nittany Lions Saturday at home? Um, obviously being consistent, um, you know, playing well on both sides of the ball. They're a very good team, obviously. Um, so we're going to have to bring bring everything to the table. And uh, once we get them down, we're going to have to finish them off and, uh, you know, try, try, to get, try to get the win at, at the end of the game. That was punter Aaron Bates. Got to show some love to the special teams. We had a fake punt in there on Saturday against Purdue. That was huge. And also a fake field goal, I believe, as well. Yep. That let his fa- He got face masked and led to a first down. Uh, Bates also averaged 41 yards a punt. Uh, he's been icing punts, you know, somewhat inconsistent at, somewhat inconsistent at times. But he's been icing some punts in the inside the ten, and some of that is due to you know punt coverage. You know, if our guys get down there, that ball's rolling for a few seconds. You know, you get down there, get a hand on it, that ball's down inside the ten. So definitely pleased with Aaron Bates. He's going to be around for three more years as well. So you got to love that. Uh, in addition, we're making plays, plus eight turnover margin, second in the Big Ten. Um, so you got to love the, the explosive plays. And can you explain the G ball touchdown on a? night game okay well look at back g ball got his first touchdown uh first defensive touchdown night game against notre dame last year at spartan stadium this year he got one against indiana recovered a fumble took it to the house so i was teasing him. i said watch you get another one against penn state because you know it's going to get dark around five o'clock and that's going to basically be a night game so look for g ball to get a defensive touchdown this week you heard it first from jamal spencer <laughs> abc3 and you guys, you guys look at the, the, just the landscape of, of this defense. You've got Jonal St. Deke, a Big Ten record in, uh, in forced fumbles. And you look at you know Otis Wiley and Sir Darren Adams picking off their fair share of passes. Uh, who has impressed you thus, this far through the season? Who has impressed you on that defense the most? I gotta say, you know, it's tough. Obviously, because he's not playing right now. But Chris L. Rucker, you know, people aren't gonna remember him because the end of the season he's not playing. But as a true freshman, in my opinion, he was the best cover corner on that team, and his absence was noticeable in the Michigan game. But as a cover corner, he's lights out. Chris L. Rucker, Ray, your your defensive player 
of the year. Basically, who surprised you the most on that defense? Well, so I, would, I would have to go with a uh, sack master, St. Dick. I mean, he essentially came out of nowhere, and you know, he obviously leads you know leads the nation of forced fumbles, and he just came out of nowhere and made plays, you know, sacking the quarterback and putting pressure on him. And that's got to be one of the ma- main reasons we're second in the Big Ten in turnover margin at plus eight, winning the turnover battle. We won it three nothing at Purdue, which was huge. Uh, but one thing. We can look at all the ta- tangibles, all the stats. Oh, we've got a 2,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher, a 1,000-yard receiver, all on the same team. I believe as much as this team has been bagged for leadership, I think you have to, to look to the leaders of this team. They may not be wearing a C, but if you look to Travis Key, you look to some of these guys that have led this football team through multiple game losing streaks and said, we will continue to fight, we will continue to play, we want a bowl game, we want to play thirteen. And I believe they've done that. So don't overlook the value of leadership on this team, both uh, from the head coach and the staff all the way down to the players. And you look, and I really think they've done a good job of that. And the seniors, show some love to those seniors. They've been through a lot of ups and downs. Some of them have seen th- been recruited by one coach, coached by another, and now Mark D'Antonio. They've been you know, through the wash a bit. Some things they can't control. Some things they can, their leadership on and off the field. And I believe this senior class and this the upperclassmen of this team as well have really been strong leaders on this football team. But up next, Penn State Nittany Lions, coached by Joe Pa, turns a hundred next year. <laughs> but Coach D did break down the Penn State Nittany Lions. Here's what Coach Antonio had to say about Penn State. Um, in terms of Penn State, uh, they have an outstanding football team, outstanding defense in particular. I think they're number two in the nation right now in sacks. Uh, you know, they give, they've given up 20 touchdowns for the year. Um, their defense and Ohio State's defense are both tied exactly, giving up about 90 yards a game, rushing the football. Land-Grant Trophy game, which I've been involved with, uh, I guess this is my seventh time at Michigan State doing this. Uh, so we got a history with Penn State, and it'll be an exciting time for our players. A 3:30 game. Uh, they've got some outstanding players. Morelli, a quarterback, highly recruited guy. Kinlaza. A guy that uh, has over a thousand yards, Derek Williams, number one recruit in the nation, about four years, three or three years ago. Defensive players, Maurice Evans, I think he's number four in the nation in sacks. Outstanding linebacker in Dan Connor, Justin King, outstanding corner. Philip Taylor, I think, was the top, one of the top five players recruited a couple years back as well. So they have an outstanding football team, very well coached, as you can imagine. Uh, Ron Mason will be our honorary captain, which I think will be an outstanding. Uh, to have him here and talking to our football team and allow him to leave his mark on our football team. And uh, it will obviously have bowl implications for us. So we'll be ready to play. We'll look forward to our fans being out there. Our fans have been outstanding throughout the entire year. Our students will come, I'm sure, ready to go. And uh, it'll be a great atmosphere, 330 ABC game, and we're looking forward to it. That said, Coach Mark D'Antonio, we are looking forward to that game as well. You know, writers us who work in radio and TV and sports information, we may, we may not appreciate a 3.30 start as much as you uh, but you know, drinkers out there. <laughs> you know, Ray, how, how live? You said it last week. How live is this crowd going to be? A 3.30 start, you know, those students who are, who are lazy and get up late, it gives you all type of hours in the morning to get rowdy and then bring it over to Sparta Stadium. It's going to be bumping, and we actually have something to play for. You know, a nice bowl game we could, you know, end up with. A bowl game in the hopes <laughs> for the Michigan State Spartans. We are bowl eligible with the, the shakedown, like uh, Jamal had mentioned during the break. Uh, SEC, they have 10, 10, 10 teams that are bowl eligible. Uh, the Big Ten Conference as well. 
So seven wins puts us, you know, puts us up a notch. You know, another echelon. You know, we may you get uh, an invite here, an invite there, but boy, the more the more and more it shakes out, the more and more it looks like we may go to the Motor City Bowl. And you know, the Motor City Bowl may have have, have the stigma on it. You know, throw that out the window. How nice will it be for Spartan fans? One, I'll, you know, you may not get to go to a warm climate, but one to be able to go take a family to an affordable bowl game the day after Christmas. You know, how how many people are Spartan fans get open it up, boom, tickets to the Motor City Bowl if we go. If we go, we don't know where we're going for sure yet. You know, we would like to go somewhere warm, but uh, George Perlis' son is on the board, I believe, and George Perlis heads up some committee over there with the Motor City Bowl, yep. and they're tied into the Big Ten. So if we're there and we're available with our record, hopefully at 7-5, and five, we'll be going to the Motor City Bowl. And it's not like, oh, we're going to the Motor City Bowl. You know, how live is that going to be? If, if we go to the Motor City Bowl, boom, we can go down the street to watch a bowl game. We're not saying moral victories here with a bowl down the street, but what was it, 50, a good guess, 40,000, 50,000 Spartan fans packing Ford Field. Ford Field's going to be all, the Motor City Bowl's going to be all about it because we're going to pack that place, and that place has not been packed. When Northwestern played there earlier this year, the producer said, no crowd shots, keep it on the field. It looks like a high school championship game in there. But I'm excited to see what, what all plays out. But when we look at the bowl scenario, uh, how do you guys think this is all going to play out, Jamal? I think, um, you know, beggars can't be choosers. We'll take what we can get. Like you said, Motor City Bowl would be great because I think more fans will go to that than if it was a little far away. But, hey, if we win, get this seventh win, there's no one that's going to say, hey, you guys aren't good enough to go. If they get seven wins, they're going to a bowl game probably in a warm weather climate. I'm all about it. And if we look, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Iowa takes on Western Michigan. They're most likely going to be 7-5 to five if we are as well. And you could look at the intangibles that Iowa travels well with their fans, and it could come down the Champs Sports Bowl, could come down to Michigan State and Iowa and see how that plays out. But, but nonetheless, uh, win Saturday, just take care of the business, and it'll be interesting to see in the weeks to come how the bowl situation plays out. Ray, your thoughts on the bowl situation. Would you like to see us play in warm weather? Definitely, but uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing us play in the Motor City Bowl. You know, it's another excuse to tailgate, which is always good. And, you know, I think it's a good way to cap off, you know, our – our senior year, well, my senior year, you know, actually to witness, you know, a Spartan Bowl game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a senior as well. This is it. I haven't seen one in 03. I was not here yet. But yep. uh, Coach Antonio, well aware of the bowl implications. Here's Coach D's thoughts on that ever-elusive bowl game. Well, I think it obviously we can control our own destiny. We don't have to uh, to wait on somebody else to do something. We can control our own destiny here this week, this weekend, which is the way we want it to be. And that's the, that's the main message. You don't want anything given to you. You need to take it. That was head coach Mark D'Antonio, quick and to the point. This bowl, the bowl game scenario is in their hands. Spartans can take care of business. Yes, Penn State's very good defensively, uh, but you can overcome you know, those strong defense with a very, very talented offense, the best offense in the Big Ten, not to mention these seniors will be riding high. Yes, Purdue had senior day last week. I believe this is a different class of seniors. You look across this board. Yes, it's a senior class that hasn't beaten Michigan. Oh, let's go down the road. There's a senior class that hasn't beaten Ohio State, little yeah. brother. <laughs> so there. There's a senior class that hasn't won a bowl game. So how about we get rowdy, Michigan State? We go take on Penn State, take care of business. These seniors, are they're going to lay it all on the line. Trust me. These guys have so much to prove. When you have JUCO guys playing for a shot in the league, you have seniors that haven't done much that want to end on a strong note. They haven't made it to a bowl game. They want to leave their footprint in the sand here at Michigan State. They are going to lay it on the line, and Coach D'Antonio will have them fired up. Ron Mason, honorary captain, the AD, leaving his mark 
with this football program and in this in this beginning of the Mark D'Antonio era. So I believe motivation will not be a problem with this team. And Brian Hoyer not simp- not satisfied with one good game. Brian Hoyer strives to be a elite Big Ten quarterback. And I believe we'll see another strong game out of Brian Hoyer. It will be somewhat of a defensive battle, but you got to give it to the Spartans. They'll be riding emotion. The win against Purdue did wonders for their confidence, and I believe it couldn't have come at a better time. Jamal, your thoughts on Penn State? I think Penn State is kind of going to be similar to Ohio State. They're going to put a lot of people in the box, try to stop the run, but with the game Hoyer had last week, they're going to be picking their poison. He's going to pick that secondary part. They're going to get the win. Ray, your thoughts on Penn State, Michigan State? I think uh, Penn State obviously has a strong defense, and you know they're gonna, you know they're obviously what Jamal said they're gonna stack the line, but I, I I'm not impressed with uh, Anthony Morelli or Penn State's offense, and I think I'm gonna look for our defense to capitalize on you know Penn State's lack of production offensively. Yes, absolutely, and and flipping it, our offense I believe will get yaks, we'll get some points, and we'll make it happen. It's it's just so we I believe now that we're coming towards the, towards the end, hopefully the last two games of J.U. Conkrick's Spartan career, how valuable J.U. Conkrick really is to the Spartan football team and the dynamic he, he presents to opposing defensive coordinators and head coaches and what you have to prepare for. And now we see the talent and, and depth that is building at wide receiver. We see Devin Thomas, someone you're going to have to stop. Uh, Kellen Davis, someone that a linebacker cannot cover. And, and then a young Mark Dell made some big catches against Purdue. Uh, Deion Curry's always good for a couple. You know his hands are shored up compared to last season, and these are guys that are underclassmen and will be back. But Ju Conkrick definitely, I believe, an X factor because it seems when both Javon and Ju are going in unison, it is just nightmare, thunder and lightning nightmares for opposing head coaches. But 3:30 on ABC definitely going to be a rock and house. I'm excited that the game is at 3:30 because we know noon games at student section. You know, struggles to fill in till about halfway through the first quarter, <laughs> through the end of the first quarter. People still getting rowdy. Whatever they got to do, you know, before they get into the game, their burgers, their brats, dull beverages. In, in Ray's case, you know, Ray part- partakes in the tailgate scene. Uh, are you expecting the the best tailgate of the season coming in, coming in this Saturday? Well, it's definitely be hard to t- top uh, last week's against Michigan, but or two weeks against Michigan, but. Uh... I think I think it's gonna be bumping. We got something to play for, and I think you know it's obviously gonna be it's gonna be rowdy. I can't wait. Anthony Morelli, last time Michigan State played Penn State uh, down in Happy Valley, he threw for two touchdowns in a in a close win, seventeen thirteen win, and that folks was Brian Hoyer's first career start, and Brian Hoyer has taken significant strides since then. So look at the Spartan. QB to have a big game. You are tuned into the Spartan Sports Wrap. Pardon me for not shouting out the number. If you'd like to chime in here in the last few minutes, 517-432-3893. The email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Don't forget, all our shows are podcasted on impact89fm.com. Simply click the podcast symbol and check out the Spartan Sports Wrap archives. More than a year's worth of shows there for your listening. Also, coming up at 8 o'clock, none other than Jeff Shoup and the Jazz Spectrum. I've actually was kicking and listening to some smooth jazz this week, Jeff, to cool the nerves. It, it's good stuff. I, I seriously was. I seriously was kicking. One of my neighbors slid me a smooth jazz CD. And I've actually been bumping it in the car, so you know, showing my mu- musical versatility. Get your grown man on, right? <laughs> Get my grown. Next thing you know, I'm going to be wearing linens and drinking wine or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's it for the Spartan Sports Wrap tonight. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it as always. One once weekly, seven to eight p.m. Uh, for Jamal Spencer, ABC Three in the house, becoming somewhat of a regular guest. 
Ray Mara, number seven, joining us. Uncle Ray, as we call him. This has been the Spartan Sports Wrap. Special thanks to Lisa Gibbs, our engineer. This has been the SSW. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next Monday, 7 p.m. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.